Hey everyone, welcome to the Leadership Locker. My name is Rich Cardona and on this podcast, we dig through the lessons of today's most exceptional leaders to help you break through your barriers. If you're trying to progress your career, if you are trying to accelerate your entrepreneurial journey, which I know you all are, if you're looking to have a smoother transition out of the military because it is incredibly difficult, then you're in the right place. My guests and I are going to give you the tools and the resources to accelerate your curve, help you surge and just crush it. So here we go. Damon, how are you? I'm doing good. I got my coffee for the morning and I walked my kids to school and I got a flight tonight. So where are you going? I'm going to this mastermind thing in Vegas. Oh, awesome. I'm going to talk about you really quick as you sit there and listen to me talk about you. This is going to be awesome. My favorite thing. (laughs) And then we're going to get into you helping with a very specific subject that we talked about that I know you're passionate about and that I know is incredibly valuable to entrepreneurs and veteran entrepreneurs. But first, you're right now in general area of Salt Lake City, Utah. You're the oldest of seven. You're a father of three. Mm -hmm. You were a radio personality for seven years in Salt Lake City. And then in 2007, you found SEO National turned that into a seven-figure business when a lot of people weren't really talking about SEO or when it was starting to really kind of gain some, at least, attention. And then you're a podcast host uh, of Learning From Others. Some of your work has been featured in BuzzFeed, USA Weekly. You've done some stuff with the Utah Jazz, some company. You've optimized websites for people who've appeared on Shark Tank. You're going to a mastermind tonight. You're never stop learning. You're all (laughs) over LinkedIn. And I tagged you in a post this morning, actually, on LinkedIn. Not to be somber, but I was at a funeral or a burial yesterday at Arlington. And I made a video and I was like, I don't know if I should make this video. And I told my wife, just turn the camera on. And what I was saying is, you know, the person that departed, I can't think of a situation where they weren't always giving. So I tagged a bunch of people who I feel like are always giving uh, and who are very selfless. And I tagged you as well, because you were just one of those people who, with all this success, despite all of it and your business, which is clearly great. You're always giving value. Like You're really not searching for ways to just capitalize on the money grab. Like Obviously, there are certain things involved with business and revenue goals and all this other stuff, but you always give. And it makes me really, really happy to have you on here You know, for that reason in particular. I appreciate that. That means a lot. And thanks for talking about me. That's my favorite subject matter. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what we boiled it down to real quick. We know you could talk about SEO. Uh We know you could talk about optimizing a website and content marketing strategy, work-life balance. But you and I agreed that a really good subject would be outsourcing. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you to get right into it and talk about the mentality of a young entrepreneur, a new entrepreneur or veteran entrepreneur who is seemingly going to try to tackle a lot by themselves in the very beginning stages. Yeah. So the thing with outsourcing, it seems like everybody that undertakes it has to go through these cycles of either being scared or giving away too much. You either start at the point where you just want to outsource everything, which is a horrible idea to do at the beginning, or you want to outsource nothing, which is a horrible idea to do at the beginning. So what you have to realize is that usually the biggest concerns with outsourcing are quality control is just right there at the top. And what you have to realize is that whoever you outsource to is going to be as good or bad as the documentation that you can provide. So if they suck, it's your fault. Yeah. And that's something that I don't think is, when you hear that, at least when I rationalized that, I went, wow, that's that's a really obvious statement. And that just took all this clutter and just made it super simplistic. So hopefully when other people hear that, 
it's not meant to be derogatory and, and say that you don't have the skill set sure. to properly document things, but it really does boil down to your outsourced team is going to be as good or bad as the assets that you provide them. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that, you know, and we'll, we'll get into more of that as we go into the conversation, but the other top concern is probably, you know, trust. How do I give them my passwords? How do I give them a company credit card? And so we can get into those things. But at the end of the day, you're either going to do it or not. You're either going to outsource or not. And so if you make that decision that it's going to help you scale, which it can, and free up your time, which it can, then you either have to accept those two things and the options of how to solve them, which we'll get into, or just stop wasting time and don't outsource. (laughs) Like you got to pick a path. Yeah. So can you tell me for you then, I believe the longest person you've had on staff that was one of your outsources has been like 12 years or something? Pretty close. Yeah. It's definitely 10 years for sure. I don't think I had on the first year, year and a half. So yeah, it's like probably 10 or 11 years. Yeah. Okay. So let's start there. So tell me when you were like, oh shit, I really, (laughs) I need help. And here's my approach and I'm going to either, you know, win or lose here. And how was that experience? So I had a unique transition into this first VA. His name's Marco. What's up, Marco? So Marco, him and I had met. So my last employer before I started SEO National was in the affiliate marketing space. And so I did landing page design. And so I met Marco through that company. And then, you know, I obviously moved on and then he moved on. And one day I needed... So when I first started my company, it was... We do a lot of design still now, but way more SEO, obviously. Sure. So back then I was working on design and I was getting enough designs where at the time I was a one man show and I said, Hey, I need to find somebody that understands landing page design. And we're landing page design specifically within the affiliate marketing space because it needs to cater. The designs need to cater to a very specific audience. And I remembered, Hey, I think I have Marco's AOL instant messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. So I did, I hit him up and I said, Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I don't work for those guys anymore. And so we started under kind of like a la carte freelancer circumstances. And I said, Hey, here's a thing. Do you want to can I throw you some money for this project? And he said, yes. And then we started picking up enough of those that I started to quantify things and go, it might make more sense for me to just hire him yeah. than to just pay him a la carte. And so I said, Marco, you know, what's a respectable monthly rate that I can pay you? Because I'm probably going to pay you more than that if I keep doing these one-offs. And let's figure out what makes sense for you. And you get the guaranteed income. I get the consistency and availability. So that's how that first one came about. So I have two questions about that then. So the first is when you're doing so much, how do you determine what you are going to outsource first? Do I need someone to manage my calendar, make sure I don't miss meetings, reply to emails for me? Or do I want someone who's going to help me where I'm strained the most with the most detailed things that I do? The things that I feel like only I could do, but I could really use help doing it. Yeah. It's going to vary depending on your industry because what you need to balance is your passion, you know, what type of tasks that you like with income, which tasks are going to produce the most versus priorities. You know, you may have one that isn't going to pay the most, but it's now or never. And so you kind of got to figure those things out. And then to throw in one more thing, it's the old saying where you need to figure out your value. And let's say you decide your, your personal value is worth $20 an hour, $50 an hour, $100 an hour. So let's just say your value is 50 bucks an hour. If you can pay somebody $45 an hour to do that one thing, take the loss for a month or two until they get in 
a consistent groove. And then after that, it's just pure profit. And so figure out where you can cut things off and feel comfortable tasking those to somebody else. So for me, I still go through those processes where, and, and we'll get into talking about how I have, you know, half a dozen VAs now, but I still go through the process of, you know, 10, 12 years later of having VAs of going, do I feel comfortable giving this thing away? And over the years, I've gotten rid of, you know, 90% of the repetitive tasks, but the last 10% are things that I either need to start or quality control and finish. So even though they do the majority of the work, I still need to touch it either at the beginning or the end. And every time you still go through that mindset of, am I the best at this task? And so do I still need to touch it? And so it's a, it's a continual thing that you got to get comfortable with. And every time I revisit that process, I go, no, I can get rid of this. I can document this properly. And you have to just do it and figure out how to document it. And every way you document something may be different, but you got to figure out a way to clearly communicate that to your team and then pass it on. Awesome. So the second question I had from what you had mentioned was you decided on a monthly rate, which I I like that kind of philosophy. Now, you're going to come across people, whether they're international or whether they're word of mouth referral or whatever, that may decide, hey, like an hourly rate or hours per week is kind of the way I want to go. How do you determine the validity of that? And by that, I mean, what if it takes you 10 hours a week to do this, but it takes them 15 hours a week, but it's off your plate? Like, How do you know whether the wages you're going to pay should be along those lines or just kind of a flat monthly fee? So it probably depends on whether you hire stateside or overseas. And so my team is a little bit of both. Let's focus on the overseas because that tends to be where most people's minds go to when they think about outsourcing. And that one is a little more reassuring to answer to. So the way that I approach it is the first reason why I prefer to go monthly. Well, let's go one step back. First, I have to go, okay, approximately how reoccurring is this set of tasks that I'm going to give them? Sure. Is there the potential that it is 30 plus hours a week? And so if we're there, my mind's first going to go to monthly. And if it's maybe 10 hours a week, I still might try to negotiate a flat rate. The, the, the first reason why, I don't want to waste time accounting. <laughs> Like, I don't want to check a spreadsheet. We've tried those little task management time tracking programs. I spend more time logging into those on Fridays, fixing the hours that they forgot to clock at the other half in or out, and them having to go, oh, Damon, sorry, on Thursday, I logged in at nine o'clock, and then I forgot to log out at four. I waste way more time using a task management program like that time tracking program than to just you get it. All right. So you get it. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Totally. hundred percent. So, and then the other thing is just convenience. Like I am not a micromanager and we'll get into talking about how you qualify your talent and hire them. But I front load my efforts in hiring the right team instead of trying to qualify them after and see if they're doing the work. And part of that gives me more comfort later where I, once they're hired, they're hired. I don't want to micromanage them. I don't want to check in on them all the time because I know I took the time to document my processes that as long as they can read, follow directions, and I have that trust factor. I don't need to care looking at what they're doing every day. And so that's probably the biggest reason is just simplicity. Sure. And I mean, I think that's the entire purpose of outsourcing to begin with is simplicity, alleviating yourself of things that you don't want to deal with and wasting time. Like I agree with you that if you hire someone just to micromanage and micromanage them, then you're still wasting time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason. So the trust is, is clearly a big piece. So let's just get into the process then. So, okay, I 
hey, it's Rich Cardona Media. I'm talking to my buddy, Damon. Damon, I need help. Where do I go? Just please tell me I need to get something you know, happening right away. If we're still heading down the path of overseas talents, maybe after all these conversations, we sort of go back and then touch on stateside talents. Sure. There's primarily two areas that people outsource to overseas, India and the Philippines. I prefer the Philippines. The Philippines have more of a Western culture influence. Okay. And so it's just more of a seamless transition to bring them into your thought processes. And then for me, the dialect is a little easier to understand too. So in the Philippines, there's onlinejobs.ph is probably the biggest outsourcing site. I used to use easyoutsource.com a lot. They've changed their business model. It's not as convenient as it used to be. Plus, I found out it's the same owner as onlinejobs.ph. So there's probably <laughs> yeah. some overlap for the talent. But here's probably one of the best tactics that you can use in the first round of qualifying potential talent. And that's to place an Easter egg in the ad. And so the, what I do is I kind of sandwich the job posting. And at first I address their interests and kind of get them reeled in. And I say, hey, I'm familiar. I've had VAs for 10 years. I pay 13th month, which is this Filipino pay thing. I pay these holidays and just really attract a larger pool, cast a wider net. And then you start to qualify them through the job posting. So you're like validating the fact like, look, I'm familiar with the system. I know what I'm doing and that's attractive to them, right? Like they want to work with someone who kind of understands it rather than someone who's like me who might be just starting off. Yeah, because you're taking a risk on them and they're taking a risk on you too. Yeah. And so you have to have that mutual trust. And so I want to establish that right out. Like, awesome. I get where you're coming from. Let's have some mutual respect here. Okay. So then I'm going to kind of skip over the middle for a minute and jump down to the bottom. Sure. So down at the bottom is where you put, here's your pay, here's the expectations, just the standard stuff. Because what happens is most people, when they come to these job postings, they go, ooh, what's sexy up top? And then they go, oh, is he going to pay me every Friday or once a month? And then they kind of skip over the middle. So in the middle, I put something really bizarre. I'll put something like, you must Skype me. Do not send me a message on this website. I will not read it. You must Skype me and paste the following verbiage and then just put something like off the wall. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what I put. I usually put, let's say I'm hiring a designer. I'll put something like, yo dog, I'm hitting you up for that super rad bodacious <laughs> web design job. Like something that nobody in a million lifetimes is ever going to write you. <laughs> yeah. so the reason why you do that is because you don't want the people that aren't detail oriented. Correct. You don't want the people that aren't going to follow directions because at the end of the day, whoever you hire, you are hopefully just going to give them documented processes. And so their entire job and your quality control that you're concerned about relies on their ability to read and follow directions. I love it. So now, when you're on these websites and then you start sifting through some of the people who gave you your super rad bodacious line and Skype, <laughs> and then you're like, cool, I, I got four people here. Good. These people are, are detail-oriented. Tell me how you then kind of mitigate your decision-making process at that point. Trust your gut. Oh, man. And I can't underscore that enough because I've done this. I've been through these processes so many times that even I at sometimes would be like, wow, this guy's really nailing these responses, but <laughs> something. Yeah. I'm like, you don't know what that something is? Like, it doesn't matter. Just decline it. And so what you have to do is, so first they reply, hey, I'm interested in the bodacious thing. <laughs> and then, then usually what I say is, hey, thanks for your interest. You just, every time you have to mutually return the respect sure. and you have to build that relationship. So every time I reply with something courteous, 
And then I say, you know, thanks for your time. Thanks for your interest. And then I set expectations because they're on the other side of the world and your times are different. Whether I have the ability to read it or not right then, I still tell them, hey, sorry for any potential delays. X, Y, and Z is coming up because you don't want, I mean, these guys are, they need a job, right? They're, they're messaging you. So they're going to sit there. If they see you're online or if you say hello, they're waiting for the next response. And so do them a favor and say, hey, no worries if I don't reply immediately. We'll circle back in the morning because, you know, I know it's like there or it's late here. I might fall asleep. You might fall asleep. Just acknowledge it, right? And then that way you have the ability to have the ongoing discussions. So we've done that. And then now you're continuing your engagement. If something comes up, and I'm not going to elaborate on what the something is because I don't care what the something is, politely decline them. You know, hey, and if you feel bad, just telling them no right out the gates and say you hired somebody else, like do a soft decline. But you got to cut them out if there's anything that's popping up on your radar. You've now hired, we'll call him John or Joanna. I have a John. And you're pumped about it. And now here comes the part where everyone's reluctance meter is going to probably go off the charts. They need access to your things. They need access to your clients, potentially. They need access to do some of the normal day-to-day things that you've already documented for them perfectly, and they need to execute. How do I do this without compromising my privacy and my information and resetting my passwords every two days? Uh, How do you go about that? There's two answers. So one half is access and passwords. Use something like Dashlane. A lot of people are familiar with LastPass. I prefer Dashlane. So grant them access through a password manager so they don't know the actual passwords. And then that way, if something falls through, you revoke those rights and nothing is lost. So that's actually really easy to answer. The other thing on like, you know, credit cards, sensitive information, the credit cards, I guess we kind of had, now that I talk out loud, we kind of have like three levels. So the first easier level is passwords. Mm -hmm. Then kind of in the middle is credit cards. Then the most stressful, thoughtful one is personal information. So we talked about passwords. Now, credit cards is relatively easy too. So I have a couple of my employees in the Philippines that have my credit card. Mm -hmm. I just set a limit on it. Call up your company and get one in their name so you can set different rules on their card. And then what I do is I put the limit slightly above what they need, but not excessively. The reason why I go a little bit higher is because Every once in a while, they're going to need to buy like an extra thing for the company. Of course. And it's going to be really a big time suck to have to call the credit card company, wait on hold for 10 minutes, explain things for 10 minutes, have the phone for I mean, everyone knows what it's like to call a credit card company. It's impossible. Yeah. And so you're going to spend an extra 30 minutes once a month for absolutely no reason for them to be able to make an extra $50 purchase. Yeah. So in the normal routine of your employee, your VA, needing to make purchases, let's say it's going to average 300 bucks a month, I'll set their limit at 500. Got it. Because worst case scenario, if you get taken for a ride, 500 bucks isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. You mentioned at the very beginning how hiring a team may help you scale. You said you have about half a dozen. Can you tell me if this model for you has actually helped your business scale or if it has just literally made your life a little bit easier? Both. So I would say 
when I adopted more VAs, it helped me scale. And then where I'm at now, it makes life easier. So when I hired more, so I had Marco for a couple of years, then I think I had another one for a while. And then I was listening to Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. And the one thing I took away from that book that I can really like point my finger at that I actually took action on is when I was done, I said, why do I only have one VA? Why do I only have two VAs? Why don't I have five or six? And so that's really when I started going down the process of self-discovery of what do I feel comfortable about giving away? How can I, you know, all those questions I just answered, like I I had to go through that troublesome journey too. And so that was after listening to that book. So that point helped me scale and it was great timing too, because literal example of helping my company scale a few months after I had got more comfortable with outsourcing and had processes documented more in depth. We had this big international client come in as a lead and their rate was 10,000 bucks a month. So they're coming in one client, 10 grand a month, and I need to hire like five people to fulfill this client's needs. And so they come in and I go through the process of sourcing the talent. So now I have those five people. So day one is, hey, here's this new client. Here's where you're focusing on. Here's the rest of the team. Everybody say hello. Day two was, here's access to the CRM. Read it, get comfortable. Here's how it works. Day three, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked out. Yeah, it just, I mean, it went just the way it was supposed to go. So, So that answers the scalability. And then nowadays, I think we were kind of touching on this offline the other day. Nowadays, like entrepreneur life is my thing. Like it's my hobby. Work is something I really enjoy. But I kind of hit like a little burnout phase two, three months ago. And this one was more, usually burnout phases don't impact me that much because I'm aware of it. And then I go, oh, okay, this is the thing I need to go through. But a couple months ago, like I still recognized it, but something was different about this one. Like I really was burned out. So I took some time to not wake up early in the morning, you know, not get up at five and instead (laughs) get up at like seven. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then every once in a while, I would just go hang out with my kids outside in the middle of the day. And there was one time when I was walking by and obviously I knew I had these freedoms and I knew I had this trust with my teams, but it just kind of clicked more personally for me at that moment. And I went, yeah, this is a good thing. Like, absolutely. And I didn't have to worry about my clients. I knew my team was taking care of them. The only thing that my team doesn't directly contribute to is sales and continued growth everything else I can walk away tomorrow and everything's running perfectly. I love it. Um, My last question is going to just be this podcast is geared. It's called the leadership locker because I want to talk to subject matter expert who can impart their expertise on, on, you know, veteran entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. I want you to try and put yourself in our shoes for a second. And by that, I mean people who've served and now we're trying to have our own company, start our own company, scale a business. We were, executors. We knew the mission, we knew the purpose, and and we executed, executed, executed. And needing help was kind of looked at as a negative. It could be. It could be certainly construed as a negative. But this is an entirely different realm of existence, of mindset. You are preparing the mission. You are providing the overarching, you know, the values and the goals. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to me about the importance of asking for help and you know, getting the help that you need for your business and the potential negative byproducts that can come if we continue to try and have this attitude of, you know, I'm not going to fail. I'm doing this all myself. The world of entrepreneurism is very unique. There, there's almost like a brotherhood about it. And of course, there's going to be the bad guys every once in a while. But I would say more than many other industries, 
there's more of a kinship and a willingness to bring others up. I mean, just like right now, like you're going to find other guys that will go on shows and just give away the farm. Like you can ask me anything about my entire business model and I will tell you very clearly the answer to whatever you want to ask. And you will find a lot of people like that in the world of entrepreneurship. And so the first thing that I would try to swallow the pride about is realize that most people are going to be on your side. Like you're not going to hit that wall very often, if ever. Hmm. So there's a mutual appreciation where it's like, hey, Rich, you want to accomplish something. I remember going through that and I really appreciate where I'm at now. And I want you to enjoy that same process too. So let's come up a level. So the first thing I would say is the majority of people are in it. They're on your team, right? So there's no reason not to ask. The other thing I would say is that you're going to scale way quicker. Hmm. I mean, just like that one example of the four hour work week, obviously I don't know Tim Ferriss or anything, but just that one moment from one book brought me a $10,000 a month client essentially. And so if you can take that same thought process and apply it to people that you talk to, then there's endless opportunities. And a lot of times you don't even know what the opportunities are. Like I'll give you some other examples, just a new client that came on, there was two layers of benefits from. So the first layer is A, they're a client. And I acquired that just from helping them. They came to me and they said, you know, it's not very often that you go to somebody and talk to about internet marketing and you don't leave more confused. (laughs) So a lot of people are just there to help. So embrace it. And so that opened up an opportunity to get a client. And then I only had that client for a week or two before they said, hey, can I introduce you to the Utah Jazz? And so you get referrals, like the people that you meet by asking questions, you have no idea where it's going. The mastermind I'm going to is this huge guy. He's been all over international TV, met him through just random chances. Yep. Next week, my dad's a, he's a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan. I have no idea why he's never been to Minnesota or anything. <laughs> and yeah. I bought him for Father's Day tickets to go see Minnesota Vikings games. And while we're there, I'm meeting somebody that I met off a podcast. You just don't know the doors that you're going to open, the scalability that you're going to create. You just can't quantify it. I love it. Thank you for everything. Do you have any free resources out there if people want to learn? Uh, I know you shared some stuff with me, but I just want you to talk about anything that you have out there and where we could find you on social media, of course. If you go to seonational.com slash free, there's free downloads. You don't need to put in your email or anything. It's just right there. So you can grab some templates that'll get you heading down the right path with SEO. As far as contact information, seonational.com is my business website. My personal site is damonburton.com. I blog a lot about entrepreneurship there. Let's see, I'll throw two more links out at you. Ways to rank.com slash Facebook. That'll take you to our free Facebook group where I help give away SEO advice for free. And then the last one you mentioned me being into podcasting as well. I'd love to hear anybody come listen to my guests at learningfromothers.com. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much for everything. You know, we've talked a couple of times and I agree. Uh, there's certainly a sense of, I don't know how to explain it, like collectedness in your delivery that doesn't overwhelm. And I'm really happy to help others learn a little bit more about what you have going on. And I hope for my audience that they picked up some benefits and considerations when it comes to entrepreneurship and outsourcing and the importance of how those two play in tandem. So thank you for your time. And that's all I got. Cool, Rich. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to chat. And your guests are welcome to shoot me a message on social media. I'm really in it to help fellow entrepreneurs. I'm happy to answer any other questions. Awesome. Thank you for listening to The Leadership Locker. For more about us, how we can serve you, and for other episodes, please visit richcardonamedia.com backslash podcast. If you liked this episode a lot or little, 
Please don't forget to subscribe so that way my guests and I can continue to deliver some heat and get you the knowledge that you want. Don't miss an episode. Please join our Facebook group so you get much more exclusive content. Take care.